0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. In today's show, we catch up on recent events, talk about sports betting and professional fishing, boat rigging disasters, bucket list fishing items for 2022, and we wrap up by talking about the power of a jig in the wintertime. Hope you guys enjoy the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. We are on New Year's Eve. It's been a... uh, an awesome year as far as the (laughs) podcast goes getting to you know chat with you guys almost every week and uh talk to a lot of the listeners just throughout the course of the year so we're looking to wrap up the year in good fashion it's also our 100th episode we're not going to make a big deal out of that but it is pretty crazy that we've done 100 episodes and uh the 100th is on uh, new year's eve as we roll into 2022 what do you guys think about that
1: Josh, you might not make a big deal out of it because you're so humble and modest. I'm going to make a big deal out of it because my ego is fragile and it needs constant feeding, like a campfire in the wind. So <laughs> we need about 20 minutes of self congratulating about, you know, just how triumphant and victorious we are in this podcast.
2: What's, I hear that. What's the common podcast there's stats. Like most <laughs> podcasts last like three episodes or something.
0: Yeah, I would I, I would say it's very low.
2: Yeah. We need to
0: google that to
2: help
1: reinforce the self-congratulating that we have going on. I'm waiting for Time Magazine to reach out. I'm not sure which one of the 3 of us will be their most influential man of the year. I'm pretty sure it'll be me, but it I might be so, one too. of you
2: guys. Definitely you.
1: Okay, thanks Rob. There you go being <laughs> humble. That's why I hang out <laughs> with you guys. You just like artificially keep me feeling
0: good. So yeah, that's great. No, dude, it uh, it is pretty cool. Uh, you know, we're just we're gonna say it over and over again, but huge thanks to the listeners for sticking around and listening so often, especially over the last couple of months where we've been a little less consistent than we had been. You know, for the first year and a half. So, uh, you know, we're still working on that, but we're we're happy to have this awesome base of folks that that like to listen, and um, we also as we roll into next year, it would be nice to get some feedback from you guys on what you'd like to see more of. Like you guys want to see more technical fishing talk. Do you want to see more guests? You want us to quit and uh, do something else? Get into <laughs> bowling? golf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whatever. So if you guys have any suggestions, drop them in the, uh, in the review section on iTunes, you can send us an email, all that stuff. And we're going to go around the table like we always do. But be, even before we do that, I do have one more thing. I want to, Real quick, uh, glaze over the event that we've got coming up, too, just to keep reminding everyone kind of that we've got it going and, and where we're at with it. So it's going to be at Roosevelt Lake on January 8th at the Fraser Group site. So the Fraser Group site is about a mile east of the marina, um, just off of the main highway there. And um, We've got this whole site reserved for the uh, for the entire night. So we're going to meet up there about three o'clock. We'll get there a little earlier. But, um, you know, we're asking folks to show up anytime after three and stay as long as you want. Come hang out for an hour. Come hang out for the whole night. We're going to be camped out for the night. Um, Just do whatever you want. Uh, We're also, you know, suggesting that folks get out and fish before you know a lot of folks are going to get out there early fish most of the day. And uh, then, you know, come meet up with us there. We'll probably fish ourselves. We're going to have food for everyone that RSVPs. So, you know, we want to have a general idea of how much food to bring. So a lot of, a lot of you have already RSVP that we've got close to 50 folks that have so far, but um, if you haven't, please just send us an email, send us a message on social media. Let us know that um, you're coming and then how many folks you'll have with you. What am I missing guys?
2: I think that's Um, about it. I mean, it looks like the weather is going to be decent. Um, I think the highs in the mid sixties and the lows are right around fifties. So, uh, that evening will just be fantastic around a campfire. So it should be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. So
1: yeah, it's going to be a good time. I was going to put a cheesy joke in there, but I'll save some and just relish on the fact that, uh, there's 50 like-minded individuals roughly that want to, uh, come hang out with us. That's a, uh, it's pretty exciting. That's been the like awesome thing on the horizon to look forward to through holidays have been good, but sometimes you just look forward to the non holiday season and that's a pretty exciting thing to have on the other end of that.
0: Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> typically I'm like, uh, Oh, we'll leave the Christmas tree up a little longer, but uh, I've got a lot coming oh. up in January. So I'm like, Hey, let's get this thing down and let's roll for, dude, uh, <laughs> let's move forward here. <laughs> Ours hit the box like the 28th. It's like, we're done, nice, dude. Yeah. Hey, that's good. <laughs> That's cool. I'm, I'm with you. I'm looking forward to it big time and we don't. So, so there's no competition. There's, there's nothing crazy. This is literally just a hangout where we're going to hang out BS. We're going to have the food bring your own drinks guys. Um, you know, bring whatever, if you want to, uh, you know, r- bring whatever you want to drink, that's totally fine. Um, but we will have dinner for everyone that shows up and we've also got a pretty cool raffle, you know, it's not, uh, not wild, but we've got, we've got over a thousand dollars worth in raffle stuff that we're going to uh, just give out for free. So, but just by showing up, we'll give you a ticket and maybe you'll win something. We'll have 10 or 20 prizes, uh, to pass out between you guys. And, uh, That's about it really, if you guys do, I've had a few folks offer, you know, ask if we needed anything on our end. Um, The one thing that we could possibly use is some firewood. I don't know how many fire pits we're gonna have, if it's one or if it's 10, but um, if we have a lot of folks, I don't think we can get enough firewood in our vehicles with everything else we're bringing ourselves. So if if you plan to spend the night, if you could throw an extra bundle firewood in your truck, it would go a long way for us uh of course if you're not spending the night don't worry about it and if you are spending the night and don't get around to it no big deal either i mean we'll have some but that's one thing that you can never never have too much of and if you don't use it you can always bring it home but that would help us um if you have the opportunity for that but it's going to be real low-key just uh just to hang out well i'll probably get up early the next morning and drive home
2: yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, shivering in my truck the whole way back after freezing
2: all night. <laughs> uh, you and Rob
1: aren't spooning. I thought you guys were gonna go in that hatch Toyota camper shell bed and just, you know, stay warm.
2: That spot's for you, Nick.
1: <laughs> oh, good. Good to oh, know.
0: Man, look how excited he got. That's fun. I <laughs> <laughs> that just got um,
2: weird in a hurry. Yeah. yeah Are you uh <laughs> so Rob, you're gonna
0: bring a tent, you said, most likely?
2: Yeah, I think so. Obviously. How about you,
0: Nick? What are you thinking, dude? You sleep in uh, a Suburban? Or you don't have a Suburban anymore?
1: Yeah, I've been just That's weeding right. out all the clutter in my life, and the Suburban
0: got the axe. Uh, no, I'm going to sleep in the bed of my truck. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Awesome, man. Uh, what else? Do we have? Let's, let's, let's go over down the table real quick. How were the holidays? Rob, you just uh, finished up a hunt, man. I don't know if you want to talk about the hunt or the holidays, but what's up with you?
2: Uh, it was good. I mean, anytime you have this, this hunt during the holidays, it gets a little stressful because I'm I'm wanting to be hunting but i'm also i want to be home with the family and um it's I, I don't know this hunt did not turn out the way i expected it to it um it was a lot tougher than i anticipated um i i know these hunts are tough but this one was extremely tough it just it was terrible i ended up not killing a deer um my goal was to shoot a big one and i just never saw a big one and I, i'm you know i was completely surprised i didn't even see like the medium-sized bucks, you know, like <laughs> just saw little guys and probably saw, I don't know, 25 or 30 different bucks that, um, probably half of them I could have pursued and, and shot, but, uh, ended up holding out and not killing one. And that's the risk you take. Um, had a good time with, uh, my son and a couple of buddies and we hard, worked hard, sweated. I mean, just <laughs> froze our butts off at times. And, uh, ate crappy dehydrated food at times, and, but it, it was some it work, was,
0: dude. That's some serious yeah. work.
2: Yeah. I think I hunted 15 full days and I mean, it just, you should have tried harder. That's
1: I, I, all I hear right now is why I didn't get it. Cause you didn't try hard enough.
2: I guess, dude, I, I don't know. Maybe more effort next time would be better, but, <laughs> um, and holidays we had some family come in. Uh, they just left yesterday. So, uh, all that was good had, had a good time. Typical, holidays everyone had a good time so nice are you, you allowed
1: could... to return your points sorry josh do you get like the raffle points back if you don't no. or the
2: lottery points no so i i mean this was a tough hunt to draw and my i anticipated a really really good hunt and i probably won't burn that many points on a hunt like that again just and it, i don't know who knows there's a lot of factors it's just like bass fishing right like like you'll go to a lake for three weeks and you just can't catch anything but dinks. And all of a sudden you figure out how to catch some quality fish. And it was the same deal. I I know those bucks are in there. They're just, man, every, I don't know how many evenings or nights I'd be driving back to camp or hiking back to camp or driving back home. I, I did a bunch of different things, but I don't know how many of those evenings, I'm just like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and I'd wake up the next morning and be all refreshed and ready nice. to go. And hey, that's cool. Driving out to my spot or hiking out to my spot going, you know, we're going to kill one today. And it just, I I don't know. I can't explain it. So it's it interesting. is what it is. Out,
0: yeah. out of all the hunts I've seen you go on, dude, it, it's kind of a unique one because like it has, they don't typically go like that. Right. And right, uh, if right. you put so much work and effort into it and props to you, man, that's cool. I mean, Hey, it's, that's, that's sports and the outdoors and fishing and hunting in, in a nutshell right there. But it is absolutely for trying so yeah. hard.
2: Yeah. So my buddy Alex goes, we had like five days left. He goes, man, he goes, no matter what, you're going to remember this hunt. especially, you know, when you kill a big one at the end, you're really going to remember it. And then <laughs> he's like, well, either way you're going to remember it. <laughs> but That's fine. Yeah, it's cool. It just, you know, it shows when your buddies are out there, you know, pounding their heads against the wall with you too so it's pretty cool so yeah how much did you have to
0: pay them for that
2: <laughs> nothing just fed them every once in a while <laughs> nice that's cool well, that's you cool, have man. better
1: friends than i do that's good
2: yeah. what's up with everyone's
1: silent when nick says that too what yeah. the, what's up with you dude? <laughs> i know cricket that's, so. big, that's because it's true i mean it's just what it is but mm. that's okay luckily i can afford to pay some really high quality friends on the internet to back me up there you go um you know i haven't talked to you guys in a long time i have been on the podcast i missed skeet reese which i got roasted by a couple of my buddies uh for asking where and how could anyone miss you know spending a little time with skeet reese and the answer was simple there was a jingle jog at aug elementary so you know between hey, the fair. second greatest bass fisherman <laughs> arguably in history or a bunch like 300 kids under the age of 10 running laps around in elementary school i mean it's pretty easy to see which one of those
0: you should have picked so he would have done the same for his girls so props to you
1: (laughs) but i am bummed and that was a great episode so nice job knocking that one out guys i haven't been on the water very much it's been rainy i have the uh a florida sized swamp in my backyard that my boat is locked in and so i've been consuming a lot of content i uh, got completely addicted to the netflix meat eater series and rifled through all 50 episodes of that or whatever it is. And 50, I think that's how many there is. There's like five seasons. It was amazing. And, uh, it makes me want to become Rob and just go out there and shoot innocent mammals and eat them. And, uh, what a cool show though. Have you guys watched much of that?
2: Yeah, I've watched quite a bit of it. They do. They do a really good job of, uh, you know, what's funny is there's a lot of new hunters because of those guys.
0: That's I'm telling you,
1: it makes me want to go buy a rifle and and take a hunter safety class of course because i don't yeah. know what
2: i'm doing but it's it they
1: it's really and it's not you know never in the past has a hunting show been very interesting to me because there's just i don't know like the content just isn't there man that whole episode is cool and it doesn't just show you like the trophy moments like there's a couple episodes where he strikes out like they they get dropped off in the middle of nowhere alaska For like what like a marathon like you just went on rob and they don't kill a sheep and it's like at the very end of the final day they almost have a chance and then they don't (laughs) it's like wow like that's that's cool i appreciate the honesty in that
2: yeah they definitely they're definitely breeding new hunters and uh, bring a different light to it which is i think pretty cool and obviously they utilize everything they kill and uh, yeah show you how to utilize it show you how to i mean If you really dig into some of their stuff, man, they eat some really gross stuff at times, but they also, you know, they have, they've taught people to eat like the heart of a deer and I guess it's phenomenal. So I've never done that,
1: but. Oh yeah. See, I wanted to eat all the weird stuff that got me excited. They eat it raw some episodes too.
2: Yeah. I probably won't do that, but.
1: Dude, that makes (laughs) me want to put on a loincloth and like go running down the street. Like that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Have you guys seen the Mexican uh, episode where they hunt coos deer in Sonora?
2: I've seen a few of them. Yeah, I think they have, do they have more than one or is it?
1: And it might be stretched over two episodes. I think it's yeah. just one though where they go to that ranch in Sonora though with guy yeah. I think his name is Jay Scott. Maybe yeah, Jay I Scott's, felt like I'd only heard of that.
2: Yeah. Jay, Jay, um, basically leases the ranches and then sells uh, DIY. So do it yourself tags to these guys and it's available to a lot of people obviously, but, and then they also do fully guided hunts, uh, Jay and Dar Colburn. So, I mean, they kill some absolute monsters down there, but
0: which (laughs) that might
2: be right up your alley, Nick. I mean, I'm, yeah it's I south like of to the border stay, i like to stay north of the border but that may re- be right up your deal there so
1: man just the narrative though that he gives on it is like the perfect it like encapsulates exactly why i like going down there so obviously that episode got me all warm and fuzzy and excited and then the best part is they make tamales out of it dude they shoot a deer and make tamales no way
2: like, yeah
1: oh and they like make it they grind the corn into the masa dough like it's so anyways, long tangent on that, that has been consuming most of my time and efforts and uh, it's over. So I guess I have to go fishing now. Hopefully I can, I have a plan now where I'm going to hook a tow strap onto my trailer so that I don't drive everything through the mud bog, my truck and trailer like the last time. And maybe I'll only have two sets of nine foot deep ruts instead of four, eight, six sets. It's going to rain again all day today. It's not going to
0: help your cause on hardening the ground
1: up at all. I know. So maybe if I had some of these friends that get silent when I talk about how great they are it could take me fishing. It'd be great.
2: You should mix in some concrete in your backyard. <laughs> Dude,
1: well, we started a pool 14 months ago and we have like a mud bog. I'm thinking it might just be a mass burial site at this point. I might just go full oh, serial God. killer and just put them back there. <laughs> there
0: you good. Yeah. Great. A pool, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, <That's> correct. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right josh what's up with you man
0: uh not too much here man just uh you know get through the holidays it is uh, the holidays are cool when you have little kids as you guys both know so enjoyed uh christmas a lot you know just watching the kids light up with all the all the little things whether it's looking at christmas lights or making cookies or or you know opening presents seeing family. so that that was really good that was the best part um you know watching my kids fight over each other's that's what i was gonna (laughs) say you sound like you had a riot one gets one thing and uh, it's cool until the next day when the other kid wants it, you know, and that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. But the, the they got a karaoke machine and that's been nice. the one that um, it's hers, but boy, he wants to sing on that thing. And she yeah. does not like it when he grabs that microphone, man, it's, uh, it's game over. So we're working on, we're working through that. But
1: Dude, uh, do you guys don't do like family karaoke, man? We got a karaoke machine a few years ago and that is like, amazing what song do you sing josh
0: well we haven't connected it to uh, i've it's got like it's whatever stock like 10 little songs that little girls like right that like that that come with it but like metallica um, exactly yeah um but we're i think you can connect it to an app or something and do other music so okay like is that what you've done with yours but well, we have one that was like Bluetooth, right? So it's just a Bluetooth speaker and then you just you just
1: oh, own sweet. the mic. That's cool. Is, your, is yours not Bluetooth connected? I don't know. I have no All idea. Right. Dude. Well, you need I to sing because if it ever gets a little stale in your night, just wait until you see some people start singing and that's
0: it's good time. That's a good deal. I like that. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, but other than that, dude, not not too much. Just uh, <laughs> I'm Rob's not going to sing either. <laughs> That's a Nick singing might make you feel better, but uh, we're I not think that's what we should do at the appreciation
1: dude. event. Bring your karaoke machine. <laughs> Rob will lead off. What Sometimes. would you what
0: would your opening song be, Rob? No,
2: what I, would, I wouldn't I wouldn't show up if that was the case.
1: <laughs> dude, you're just like my family that came down for the holidays, too. It mm-hmm. got a little flat a few times. And so we were trying to, like, inject some fun in it. Dude, my sister and my dad are so boring. They're like, oh, I'm not going to play charades. And that, so I forced them. I like held the it's all like I held the phone over my sister's head and forced her to participate. Hey, That's nice. what I do with you. I would tape the microphone to your hand and I'd turn on. You're probably like, I don't know. You'd probably know like a George Strait song from 95. you could probably play like Heartland for you or something yeah
2: karaoke's not for everyone nick
1: when i'm around it is i will force you
2: absolutely not
1: (laughs) even though you're bigger than me i will i will find a way (laughs) (laughs) we'll see
0: (laughs) that's funny um but you know we've got a a kind of a list of topics to talk about today we want to talk about just the year 2021 some some items that we want to do next year but um just some other stuff one interesting thing i wanted to see what you guys thought about this was uh MLF signed a partnership with Bally Sportsbook, um, the sports betting app. And uh, it's never really been a thing in fishing before, but I think it's obviously with sports betting, there's good and bad. But um, if you're trying to grow a sport, I I can't think of many better ways to get people to pay attention than to have sports betting involved with it. So uh, they signed that partnership. They got two free fantasy fishing games. Uh, but what do you guys think about that deal just as a whole, man? Do you think it's a good or a bad thing?
2: I think it'll help it grow. I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, people that follow football that aren't really football fans because of, you know, they're betting, betting on stuff and like the fantasy. It's not really fantasy. I guess maybe I don't understand the Bally. Is that what it is?
0: Well, I think it's, it's going to be both. And I'm no okay. expert here, but I think there will be different things that you can bet on. But also, they are also going to help the league just run a straight up fantasy fishing deal as well so i mean it'll that would be free
2: i think it'll really help grow what you guys are doing and um which is great uh and you you're going to get fans that probably aren't really bass fishing fans that are going to get involved in it so and that's That's, the ultimate goal right that's cool yeah
1: yeah yeah there's only go ahead nick i just say yeah i echo that and then i always think too like uh, man for the major sports they are so good at setting lines you know and then those are always changing throughout games it's like some of those like it's just like scientific like somehow they've learned how to analyze and whether it's an algorithm or what i wonder how they do that with fishing like do you think they just have a team of like fishing expert consultants that are going to figure out how to if it if it only is the fantasy model then i guess that goes out the window but if they have like things to bet on that are changing like that's i want that job
0: it would be kind of fun yeah like uh i don't know how they would do it right um i don't know if it's going to be just like little side bets like you know does uh each does jordan Lee or something does jordan yeah like who, who catches the biggest bass of the day or does jordan lee catch over 25 fish today or whatever whatever it might over under type stuff uh which yeah. might be a little bit easier but yeah i have no idea i have, I have no idea about it it's, it's so uh early on but it'll be interesting to see whatever they do come up with and um, cool yeah have, have you ever done any sports bet like it's amazing how sports betting has blown up since it was it became legal here in arizona have you tried it yet on anything
2: clueless i am completely clueless Me too. on it
1: yeah gambling is not my thing but a couple of my dear friends are like they've chilled out now but for like the first couple of weeks after it came out really? they were glued like college football and then the nfl and then you would bet on golf and it's like man like I don't even understand. So much of it seemed like it was over my head. I couldn't even figure it out. And then have you seen that you can do like six, seven, eight game parlays where this has to happen? And then that, dude, you can turn $10 into like five grand.
2: Or $10 into nothing. Zero. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Pessimist Rob over here. <laughs> yeah.
2: The guy who doesn't sing,
1: doesn't, doesn't do anything fun, man. Uh, we're replacing you. That's hilarious. Good luck.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt, dude that's so uh, funny right on uh let's see you, what else you'd
2: have doing. a hard time finding someone as grumpy as me <laughs>
0: i was gonna say old
1: salty fishermen are not a rare thing rob yeah. don't give yourself too much credit
0: yeah. i do want to give a shout out to mark jeffries i don't think we talked about uh mark jeffries on the last episode from bass talk live but he is retiring after how many years rob 15 something like that man yeah i think
2: they've been going i don't know they always said 17 years but he's been going forever right like he's done stuff for many years and um definitely paved the way for the bass fishing podcasts and um yeah it's 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 a bummer losing him or you know him retiring but it's also really cool to see matt take over and he's gonna do a great job um i've always enjoyed matt on there and it's it's gonna be the same but there's also gonna be probably a lot of different things going on and i'm anxious to uh see what what they have in store so
0: yeah yeah, I agree. He's quite the pioneer as far as, you know, we had Dave Rush come on here on the podcast from uh, Best on Tour and talked about how Mark kind of drove that whole live feed fishing, yep. you know, what was that in 2010 maybe, and really kind of uh, was the first guy to do that. And then and same thing, he got into the podcast game so early and, and it just on, on stuff like that, if you do a good job and and you stick to it and you do it for a long time, it, that's the recipe to success. And he was doing it for so long. I mean, that's, it's by far the most popular bass fishing podcast there's ever been. So, and, and I'm, I agree that Matt's going to do an awesome job uh keeping it going, but definitely wanted to give a shout out to Mark um just for uh, everything he's done for the sport. And I'm sure he'll still be involved in the sport in some ways, but you know, we'll definitely miss listening to him on there. Word. Um. I also, I, I told uh, our buddy Alex I would bust Jesse's balls on this one because I don't think we, I don't think we brought this up. But we look had a buddy, and, and he listens. Rob knows what I'm about to talk about. We had a buddy um, installing live scope on his boat, and um, <laughs> look at Rob smiling right now, Josh. You
1: just did you hear that's about the this Christmas name? present. I, yeah, but I just looking at Rob smiling right now is
0: uh, so um, funny. It's, it's 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 so random, but uh, we're not what. I tried to fish a tournament uh, a week and a half ago with our buddy Alex and the tournament got canceled. So on our way back, we were just talking about this and he's like, how have you not brought this up on the podcast? I'm like, you're right. So we had a buddy uh, get live scope and he was installing the black box by himself. You know, the box that goes in your rod locker. And instead of installing it on the wall on the inside of the boat, he installed it on the wall on the outside of the boat. And just drilled four huge uh, screws directly through the side of his gel coat. And uh, he didn't realize it until he went fishing. At the end of the day, he was going to wipe his boat down. And he's like, what are these things sticking out of the boat? <laughs> he had four screws sitting there sticking out of his brand new Ranger. So he's got uh, them patched up. And uh, eventually he'll get them fixed. But uh, I, had to, I had to give him a shout out. Yeah, we'll see if he really listens, huh? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah sorry, buddy. <laughs> Uh, hey, you have never seen that before and, and hey i wanted to talk like you should have seen some of the stuff i did to boats early on i told you when i was working over at tracker marine as a 16 year old some of the some of the dumb things that i had done um to the to boats i told you guys about my pontoon mishap didn't i oh yeah yeah Where i drill give go, me a refresher go, yeah, yeah go over yeah. that again for the listeners that haven't heard that one i apologize if you had but so The canvas covers that go on pontoon boats, they snap on. At least they did at that point in time. They probably still do. So basically, when this boat comes from the factory, it's just got the regular metal rub rail going around the outside of the pontoon boat. And when you buy the cover, the kit for the cover, it has 100, for example, maybe 100 screws, self-drilling screws that go into the side of the deal and, but the outside of the screw is just a snap and uh, the snap from the cover lines up with that and you snap them on. So you have to line them up perfectly. You get, um, you start and then you, you measure out like every six inches all the way around the boat, you drill in the snap. Well, somehow I got off and uh, <laughs> we had extra snaps. So dude, long story short, I ended up putting about 50 extra snaps into this boat <laughs> because I had been off for like half of the boat, dude. So I... I didn't think it was a big deal at all. I was I'm like, whatever, you know, extra snaps. It's a pontoon. No one it's, cares it's what safer. a pontoon boat looks like anyways, right? <laughs> yeah. They got options here when they're snapping their cover down. And uh, my boss at the time, Johnny Randall, everyone knows Johnny uh, here in Arizona. He comes out, dude, and he loses his mind. And he's not like freaking out on me. He's just freaking out at the situation in general. Oh my God, what are we going to do? These people are going to be here in two hours and they're going to pick this boat up and they're not going to want to take it. And, uh, and he's losing his mind. So uh, another one of the mechanics, Larry Hardy, uh, who we've talked about on the show before, he's like, I got an idea. We'll take, he's like, we'll take all these extra ones out and put, and he just got these really tiny little screws and and he's like, they'll think it's just part of the boat <laughs> when uh, like these screws are just part of the boat. Prim. They yeah. just can't be snap uh, snaps. And uh, sure enough, dude, we took all those extra screws out, put the little ones in. The people picked it up and they're like boat looks great thanks Uh, uh, thanks a lot so pretty funny that's that's a good save
2: i've got a similar story to that and i know i've told it before but it's uh back in the early 90s you would would put a compass on the floor of your boat oh you know i'm talking about those big bubble compasses Yeah, and whoever installed it they they just drilled it right through the floor right (laughs) and the screws of your boat no, it was just a customer's boat and um, I was, I don't know, I was a kid working at Tempe Marine at the time washing boats, right? And whoever installed it, they just drilled it right in and the screws went all the way through the boat into the bunk of the trailer. <laughs> the guy really gets to the, the lungs, leg and can't get dude. his boat off the trailer. It's stuck on the trailer. <laughs> so they come to find out that it was secured there with a screw. So
0: That's brilliant, it,
1: dude. Yeah. Dude, why, why did the compass go on the floor? Why not like on the console or something? Just
2: because they were big, like, and you could just, oh. it would stay out of the way. Boats back then didn't have the room on the consoles like they do okay. now, you know. yeah, so. Dude, It's amazing. <laughs> we had
0: Kyle Grover on the podcast not too long ago. And, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit where we are trying to get his dad on. And Rick will come on and talk more about the, you know, some fun stuff about the boating industry, especially early on in bass boats. But like uh, Kyle had some... Invoices for boats from, I guess like his parents or the uh, grandparents are the stories who started champion. Um, and he had, his grandma had pulled out some invoices to show him what boats were costing, you know, in the seventies and stuff. Some of the first champions and dude, these boats, like 16, 17 foot boats were like $3,800 for a grand
2: and Motor, the invoices, trailer boat, everything.
0: Yeah, I got to pull this up. Give me one second. Let's see if he uh, That's actually posted this, if it was in his story or if it was, I'm afraid it was in his, you can't buy, it was in his story. You can't so buy can't a trolling motor
2: off. for that nowadays. Dude, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, first, my first 89, I had a 1989 18 foot four inch champion boat, uh, two flashers, two temp gauges, two paper graphs, the, <laughs> the greatest 24 volt or, 12-volt, whatever it was, trolling motor, 175, uh, Mariner, like the hot rod, I think it nice. was whatever it was. Um, I bought it a year old from Larry Mantle for 14 5 That's uh, crazy. Uh, yeah. Fished out of it, beat the absolute crap out of it for three years, and sold it for ten grand. So,
0: nice. Not a bad 10. hit, dude. Yeah. Do you think uh, in 30 years we're going to be like – you guys remember when boats were only 80 grand?
2: God, you I hope not know. <laughs> the I 190 it, for the next, for, yeah. for one in 30 years? At the rate we're going, it's just going to, yeah, it, it, that's what it's going to be, unfortunately. But. I'd
1: say without a doubt, that's what it'll be. Everything's just relative to the time, right? They think that's just what it is, so we'll yeah. see. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, it's Crazy. funny,
1: we'll, we'll let Jesse continue to, you know, sizzle here for a minute and talk about boats and funny things like that. Um I am terribly mechanically uninclined as well, but I'm cursed with the desire to be better at it and just haven't applied myself to it. But this probably isn't up your alley, but have you seen the crazy things like decked out John boats and like tiny boat nation and stuff? That's been another wormhole I went down. So I'm going to enlist the services of Rob because he's actually capable. I want you to build me a suite... Like 16 foot Aluma craft and put like rock lockers on it. Yeah, See, well, I'll just put it in the mud, but it'll be okay.
2: I think it's a great idea in the garage. Uh huh. And I, I think a lot of these people probably experience this like they build it up and do all this stuff, and then they get to the lake and they realize that like this boat can only handle so much weight.
1: Uh huh. Well, that's what I've wondered too. Cause it and does. I would imagine like, it, uh-huh. I, would,
2: I would imagine it really changes the way the boat was meant to work. Uh That's my take on it, but
1: I wonder. I've never been on one,
2: so hopefully someone will bring it to our appreciation event so I can. So after after breaking Jesse down, Uh let's build him up. Yeah, hopefully he's still listening, and (laughs) I need to give him props on uh, on Alex's wife's elk hunt. Like that dude, just like Les, he manned up and hauled a a hind quarter out and he literally ran to the truck the last <laughs> nice. like, last 400 yards and was yelling it was hilarious so he's just stud run. and yeah. he's a hell of a fisherman like he's a great yeah. dude but uh yeah. so props to him but like can you imagine like wiping your boat down and running into a screw
0: Ah, oh, i've done some <laughs> dude i've done some dumb stuff that really pissed me off and i'm trying to rem- like when it's self-inflicted that's when it's just really frustrating right yeah A lot of times in my case it's like when i'm doing something and then i just put something together wrong and it just takes me so much longer than it normally would take um i'm sure i've done something as bad as that but i'm either i'm subconsciously not letting myself remember what it is (laughs) (laughs) so i can't
1: and i think jesse started fishing as a co-angler about the same year that i did for the tbf when i briefly fished that man he kicked my ass every event won
0: every tournament dude. dude
1: it was terrible it was like come on, man. Like, let me get a chance. But he, uh, he's just parlayed that into a pretty damn good little run. So he's a hell of a guy and a hell of a fisherman.
0: And, uh, it was something I would do too. Yeah. Hey, send us guys, send an email if you've done anything similar. Yeah. Because uh, we <laughs> haven't asked for this lately, but, uh, if you guys have a, a funny story about something, uh, that you've done to your boat or someone did to your boat, send us an email
2: and it's got to come with photos or it didn't happen. Yeah. That's yep, right. For sure. For <laughs> sure.
0: Pick, picks or lies for me, it's usually a lot of times driving my boat too. I told you guys about that time I drove over that bridge that I knew about that was, you know, six inches under the water, uh, <laughs> that self-inflicted. Yeah. It was yeah. so dumb. And uh, yeah, it was about a $8,000 insurance claim. So that was, uh, that was dumb. But um, as we roll into the next year, um, let's talk a little bit about this past year, 2021. We're not going to do, I think it's kind of uh, overdone like uh, the year, you know, going over everything in the year. But real quick, maybe the highlight of the fishing year for you and then something that you want to kind of work on next year. So let's start with you, Nick. What what was your highlight? All right, let's just start
1: with the hammer. I like it. Just go for the best right out of the gate.
0: Get it out of the Uh, way. You know, I think as
1: I was kind of reflecting on it, it's pretty cool on your phone. Go to your photos app and type in fishing 2021 and you'll get all the pictures that the algorithm thinks are fishing. So I did that. And it was amazing to see, like, I really have had a great year, but I think the number one funnest, like coolest part for me was I had three separate groups of people in my life that weren't very exposed to fishing and hadn't fished very much. I got to share Bacharach with one of those people. I got to get my brother-in-law in Alabama a little bit farther along in his journey of, you know, being able to fish. Um, on his own. And, uh, and then a buddy of mine here locally, we had a great day at Bartlett with him and his son and caught some fish and that it's corny. And I'm just saying this, I guess, for all the, you know, followers that I'm going to get that are sappy. It's just cool, man. Like it was cool to be able to share it with someone who doesn't fish very much and then see them get excited about it. Like hands down, that was the best part of the year for me. Like my buddy and in mexico when he caught his four pounder and it was like the third fish he'd ever caught and he was just like i can just smile looking at it sitting in the back seat of that boat reeling against the drag just trying (laughs) to rip that thing into the he was so excited things jump in and he's just and then for like 30 minutes after that he just sat there drinking a beer just with like this shit eating grin on his face it's like
0: you're so great it's just the best dude I mean, you caught a four pounder, you catch a four pounder. That's cool. But like, uh, dude, it was, I totally can relate with that story. I told on the podcast a couple weeks ago about my buddy, Brian, he caught that nine dude. And it was his biggest fish he ever caught. He sent me a text every day for the next week. <laughs> yeah. Just like, he would literally just send me a text to say nine pounder. You know, yeah. like, dude, that's, and that's hilarious. what it's all about. Like, oh, it's, it is. it's 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 way better than catching one of those yourself. Honestly. Yeah. After like, you caught just- a couple. it's
1: just the best yeah you're correct you gotta catch a couple yourself too but no it's just man when you can get someone else like and not everyone's gonna connect right so that was the other part of it for me was that it's like you could take someone and they'd be like oh okay it was a cool experience and like thanks but when someone is like oh there there's a fisherman inside of them and and it will continue to be there whenever they it's on demand when they can go fishing again it'll come right back that makes it
0: all the better so cool Totally agree. That's well said, man. How about, how about next year? What, uh, what are you looking forward to fishing wise next year? What are you going to try to do?
1: Yeah, man. Well, I think will yeah, Rob's taking a pic, a selfie right now. So go to Rob's Instagram real quick. Cause he just took a selfie. Um,
2: I'm just taking it. a picture of you. We're going to put it on, uh, anglers <laughs> happy hour with what's with the skeletons behind you.
1: Oh, he's waving to you.
2: That yeah. is interesting. Yeah.
1: Those mm. were the bodies that didn't make it to the pool in my backyard. Yet. <laughs> yeah, that a slow process, man. They decomposed in my garage. Mm. You know, I'm the broken record of Mexico, though. So uh, I, I'm excited for next year. I'm going to. What go is the deal with
0: skeletons, Nick?
1: Oh, you don't want to know. CSI was out recently, and I had them wedged deeper into my garage. And looks like I passed the forensics. Those are Halloween decorations. Thankfully, bro. no
0: one listens to this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All seven of them. Nah, just some. Have you ever seen that was our Halloween thing this year? Like they do funny things. So every day we change their position. I wanted to put my boat nice. out there and have them like fishing on it, but I never got that far. But my kids did all sorts of silly things. And trying to think like, I don't know. They had a good run with it. Kids love skeletons. And then you can do funny things like, well, this is somewhat inappropriate. So I'll <laughs> clean it up, but they fell over in the wind. And it totally looked like some skeleton intercourse was occurring and i was like why don't we leaving, like, leave <laughs> and then it like
0: amazing that's hilarious fell
1: down again and it was like face down in a bush with his legs up and i was like that's <laughs> better too and we didn't even do that like that's that's like a plus right there
0: your neighbors probably did that dude
1: yeah seriously mm. right some rowdy teenage kid probably came through and did that but that's yeah, funny 2022 mexico that's that's my goal man i uh Just rob's gonna Rob's going to build me. Here's what's going to happen. Rob's going to build me. I found a seven, sixteen 16 foot tracker V hole for like negative 20 bucks. And Rob's going to build me a sweet deck to stand on. And I'm going to put a sweet trolling motor and keep it ultra light 40 horse four stroke on it. And uh, I'm going to drive down and I've got five or six lakes sprinkled throughout Sonora, Sinaloa and down into Nayarit, And I'm going to hit them all and uh, it's going to be great. So Rob, if you can get started on. Oh, I, I mean, I that would just it. be
0: wild, dude. I, it's, it's too much for me, but like <laughs> if, if you could do that and film it, it would be unbelievable, dude. But, or if
1: you just have a blog, right? Like, it, man, I'm going to have to do it in bites, I think, but that's my goal. Wow.
2: Yeah, I definitely think that's a YouTube channel starting right there if you're going down there.
1: Well, considering how much success so far our YouTube videos have had with all the tens of viewers, I'm pretty sure yeah. that that series will get 15s of views. It's viewers. amazing how
0: many views you get when you don't post a video for 12 months.
1: <laughs> yeah. apparently consistency does matter occasionally <laughs> but so yeah i think that's it man I'm, I'm just the mexican broken record over here i just that's just what i want to do
2: i know man how about you rob what are we looking for highlights of 2021 yeah
0: and and yeah and something you want to uh work on for next year do next
2: year yeah fishing wise not a ton of highlights for me. I'm still.
1: <laughs> all right. Pessimistic Rob is right
2: back in here. Mm-hmm. It's just no terrible. Highlights. Yeah. 12 well, months. I just, I'm so, st- I'm still <laughs> out of the, out of the groove. They didn't really catch much. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: I had 300 guide trips and people caught seven pounders all year. It was a real, real bad year. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I just, I'm still like trying to get out of the, the, I don't know what you want to call it from. 2020 you
1: know um well okay so there's some truth to that so there's this a lot
2: year of truth was just as crazy dude yeah yeah it's so crazy right know. now yeah i don't want to be a downer but i mean that's just the way it is so um my goals for 2022 are just to get back to normal and and get on a regular guiding schedule and and getting after it so it's uh I don't know. These last, it, these last two years have been so weird. Cause I feel like I've, I've lost a bunch of my regular customers due to COVID just sure. not traveling and, and uh, it's looking like in 2022, I'm going to get some of them back, which is huge. Nice. you know cool, man. So um, yeah, I just want to get back to, I know that's the common theme normal, but hopefully that'll happen. So that's cool. good. I like it. Yeah. That's really cool. It's a good point too, man. Um,
0: Sweet. I'm kind of with you guys. Um, as far as like uh, fishing highlights, definitely enjoyed fishing with my kids a lot. They're both getting kind of the age, so I'm starting to take them. And um, that's been pretty fun. You know, I talked about fishing with my son at the on the last podcast or a couple podcasts ago. Yeah, um, that's
1: the highlight, him throwing his rod over the side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you talk that's about so a
0: memorable moment, right? <laughs> That'll be memorable. Uh, as far as like a good day of fishing, um, probably the most memorable of the year was that first day at St. Lawrence where um, particularly the first period caught 70 pounds in the first period. And then got roasted online for using a flogger, even though floggers have been uh, around <laughs> right. and people have been using them for the last 30 years. But the, the, all the haters, which there's plenty in the fishing world decided to tear us a new one for using a totally legal piece of equipment that's been around forever for fish that we just released right back to where we caught them. So that was, uh, that was my highlight as far as like uh, tournament fishing wise. And then for next year, I think I really need to tighten things up as far as like uh, the first, you know, I talked about it a lot and I hate to just go too tournament centric, but that is my fishing life is tournaments and um, my first four tournaments of last year, I came out rusty and not sharp, just in different ways, you know, might've been a little weak link in my tackle, might've been Uh, whatever it was and uh, having one or two dumb things happen per tournament cost me making the cut in the first four tournaments. And then the second half of the year, things tightened up a little bit, but I had to fish conservatively because I was trying to get back in for points and it just ended up being a fine year, but not what I wanted. And uh, so this year I need to come out of the gate a lot sharper. That's really my, my plan. If you can come out of the gate sharp and position yourself well, you can fish a little more aggressively um, instead of being on your heels all year. So that's my goal is just to be, I've been working every day when I have an extra hour, whether it's when the kids are taking a nap or after they go to bed or whatever, I get out in the garage and I've been working on tackle and making sure everything's perfect and I've got everything situated. So at least my excuses will be something different next year if I uh, don't get off to a good start, but I really need to get off to a good start this year. So that's my goal is to is to be sharp uh, whenever I can.
1: I like it. What uh what does becoming sharp look like? Is there just like all the little check boxes of small adjustments? Like you're saying with tackle and gear and stuff like that. So much of that's mental though, too. Right. So it's well, like staying rested. Like how do you, yeah, that's, that? I
0: mean, that's it. Right. Like, and, and you could be as sharp as attack in, in fishing and still also not have know, a good way, but tough. it's just every single variable that you can. Right. So like, yeah, maybe, um, you know, yeah, your, your tackles in a little bit better shape, so you lose one less fish you uh-huh. eat a little healthier the week of the tournament so you don't feel like crap the morning of the tournament and you know you're instead yeah. of, it, just whatever it is instead of sitting there thinking about how crappy you feel you're like ready for the bite and you feel that fish bite one second earlier and you don't miss it or you make a better decision because your head's a little bit clearer because you're thinking about the fish not is there a bathroom in this cove or, <laughs> yeah. or like, man, I just feel like crap, whatever it is. Right. Uh, dude, honestly, like it just, all those, all those little things like that. So yeah, um, I love it. You know, like travel planning, you know, trying to, trying to get into places nice and early, be prepared. Um, so, so if, if you have everything in order with your boat and your truck and your tackle, the day before the tournament, you could be using that time to drive around the lake, look at water clarities, be looking at Google Earth a little bit longer, rather than being a, a mad rush to change out all your line, uh, go to the tackle store and buy this, uh, make sure you have this, like every single thing that you can have in order allows you time to do something else that can ultimately, it's no, there's no guarantees, but might swing, you might have time to drive into one cove that you wouldn't have had time to drive to in your short two days of practice and say, wow, you know, look at the water back here. It looks great. Or the grass looks so healthy back here. I need to check this out. Whereas like, if you didn't have time to do that, you never would even know about it. So
1: yeah. All the little things, right?
0: Yeah. And that's what all what's what adds up. Right. And that's what makes the difference in, um, you know, making a cut or not making it or winning a tournament or not winning it. So uh, when
2: is your first tournament?
0: It's in just over a month. So I'm leaving here, I think the uh, January 31st and okay. the tournament is, I think it starts on February 5th and it's, I don't know if you guys have ever watched, I know, I know you guys have watched uh duck dynasty. It's, it's in West Monroe, Yeah, the home oh, of yeah. duck dynasty. So they've got yep. a couple on
2: what Wa- river.
0: Well, they've got Lake Darbo. It was, they, we were thinking about going to Wachita river, but it's such poor fishing okay we complained enough and they took it off the uh, list of lakes for the tournament nice. <laughs> so we're nice. going to lake darbone which is a uh, sixteen thousand acre very stumpy timber laden lake i'm actually that's one thing i'm bummed that i didn't get out there before pre-practice uh <laughs> before practice <laughs> before it went off limits but um that's the lake you have to get through the elimination round, the first two days are on that that's gonna be the biggest challenge then knockout round is on caney lake it's a uh, Absolute hammer hole of a lake it's smaller, it's only five thousand acres, but hydrilla toad just absolute toads in it, and um but more of a conventional lake, not as much timber just if you look at it, it looks like a Texas lake really with hydrilla um submerged in it, and then the last lake is on this place called uh, bussy break and um It's like a, it's almost like a refuge type place that just opened a few years ago. And I think it's got F1 Florida strains and uh, Absolute just might be a total gong show of a a day for the final day. So the goal is to make it to that and fish that lake, but it'll be an interesting first tournament. And go ahead, Rob.
2: My experience of West Monroe, um, I fished 2004, 2005. I can't remember what year it was the Bassmaster Open Championship when they had those.
0: At the Wachita River?
2: On the Wachita no River. No way. How about that? Yep. And that place was absolutely phenomenal. Like, yeah. like not the fishing. The fishing was horrid, but just <laughs> <laughs> just the 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 town, the city. They had signs, welcome Bassmasters. Every restaurant you went into, they they knew what you were there for. It was um just exactly what west coast fishermen don't have you know yeah you just don't have that that vibe around i mean you show up to california tournament or something and people are like what What is? what are those things on the back of your boat yeah exactly <laughs> that type exactly. of stuff you know yep. so just uh, yeah it was as as a western fisherman it was it was an eye-opener to how how well they Southeast Louisiana people. I was just
1: going to say, I love the South, man. Alabama felt like that. It's it's attractive.
2: And that's That's in a month.
0: Josh, you said end of January. It's in about a month. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, that's cool that you remember it being that way. I'm sure it'll be that way again, man. I'm looking forward to it. Guarantee it will
2: be. And they haven't
0: had a major tournament, dude.
2: Crawfish, crawfish boils.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it... We're on the early edge. I don't know if the crawfish yeah. will be ready by then, unfortunately. I think it's like March usually when the crawfish get going. So maybe we'll get lucky and, and have some early ones. But um, Just get a little boudin. Yep. Oh, I'm, there'll still be plenty of good stuff, even if the <laughs> crawfish aren't popping off yet. So, um, yeah, I can't wait. It'll be a good way to start the year and then Lake Fork after that, which I'm looking forward to even more. I mean, Lake Fork is Lake Fork. So that'll be sick. Um, and then uh, – while we're talking about next year too uh we asked the listeners yeah what, what do you want what do you want to see from the podcast do you oh i already asked you guys never mind well, see i'm and, going crazy and i'm just flooded already. Right? they say they want more nick so thank yeah. you for that so already anything guys but nick
1: even though we haven't released this episode it was like they could hear us
0: yelling in my garage and they knew <laughs> um i guess the last thing we'll talk about is like the current bike current uh fishing conditions and uh you know Everyone listening around the country, it's different everywhere you go, but we are truly in that winter bite. And if you're someone that's thinking about coming to our event on the 8th, you're thinking about stuff to rig. We talked about it in the last episode, but we watched things kind of even materialize more and more. And uh, we're just so much getting off that fall bite. It's pure winter fishing. You know, there's only a handful of baits that you need to be fishing this time of year. You know, and, and to me, those are a, a crankbait, a jig, a drop shot you still have some type of metal bait like a spoon I've, we've been catching more fish on a blade bait recently than the spoon the blade bait the fish have gotten even more lackluster and inaggressive and lethargic and and the best way to get them to bite has been a blade bait hopping it in their face over a spoon this the big motion of the spoon has just become too much for this fish so talk um, about the
2: blade bait what type of blade bait what size color
0: there's to me i'm not real specific on the brand there's a bunch of them out there anything half ounce three quarter ounce and uh you cast that sucker out you can fish it vertically too but typically you cast that thing out let it hit the bottom and just real short hops and let it fall to the bottom every time and it's like it's like hopping a lipless crankbait but more subtle and you feel that thing vibrate um i had i had uh, some some clients out a couple of weeks ago and uh you could hear it vibrating in his reel <laughs> when he was hopping and i'm like dude what do you think a bass thinks in their lateral line i mean that thing's out there you made a hundred foot cast it's 40 feet down when you hop it i hear your the uh your reel vibrating wow and, that's uh,
2: nuts that's yeah, pretty so, cool though
0: dude the bass that's can like, feel that and if that's in their face it's gonna piss them off and they're gonna bite it
1: that's like a bass pissing on an electric fence somewhere right like, that's just gotta be like too much <laughs> no shit yeah no doubt man uh, that's cool you know it's funny i i know a blade bait isn't but at first i just envisioned like a one ounce war eagle spinner bait going to the bottom and then you just like ripping that in front of them but i know it's a lot more subtle than that but
0: much more my mind
1: bit. likes to think that way
0: you can catch them on a big spinnerbait, too. This time of year, that's definitely a bait that can be in your, in maybe your next to the crankbait. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yep. Yep.
2: And but, and an A rig, but it, I mean that's a whole totally different yeah. deal. So. Yeah.
1: Yep. You, you guys throw something other than big swim baits year round? What a bunch of wimps! I, I thought there's only one bait year round that you're supposed to throw, and it was a 14 inch Japanese Glide.
0: That's a built-in excuse to catch nothing, though. When you're that guy, <laughs> that's also, why big I don't bait catch all anything, day, bro.
2: <laughs> the thing would go perfect with your uh, john boat with the deck on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: hey how's that coming are you done building it for me yet i'm ready mm-hmm. to ready to head south your first you're gonna be pumped up and you're gonna get down there and the wind's gonna blow like 30 for the first three days and you can't even get on the water with that whereas if you would have just kept your bass boat you just go down there and uh fish right through it <laughs> are you ready for this though yeah i
1: mean we're talking like remote locales There isn't a 10 lane concrete wide boat ramp with, you know, some of the lakes have like pseudo ramps, but I've got off on the deep end and realized that there's actually a lot of stuff that has been stocked with Florida strains that is off the map as far as like accessibility. So the reason for Rob's decked out John boat for me was that just like, I could just, you know, I've been hitting the gym over the last few decades and I think I could just like pick it (laughs) up and dump it into the lake, you know? So. I do get
0: I get that. I do get that for sure. Having, Otherwise, having a good ramp.
1: And I thought maybe you could fly under the radar just a little bit better than having like a 21 foot Z9 with you know poles and a 250 on it. That might be although that might be better bartering, you know, too. I don't know.
0: Might save your life. Yeah, they're not going <laughs> to want that John boat. That's, That's a good right. point.
1: They're like our pangas are faster than this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll see. 2022 coming out
0: strong. What, uh, what are some other quick little nuggets like that can help guys catch a couple more fish right now when it's tough? I know one thing is tempering expectations for the fishing too. Like, <laughs> you know, this fall, the numbers were so good. I almost never tell, give people ideas of what we've been catching on guide trips, but it was so good. I was telling people, yeah, you have to celebrate that. fish, you know, it's been awesome. But now this time of year, I mean, that same lake where we're catching 60, you go out and catch 15 and it's, it's been a decent day. So um start with with lower expectations and just be happy that you're you're fishing in the winter time right you know instead of drilling a hole through the ice or something like that but what are some other things that you look for uh rob when you're looking for fish man
2: uh, what i would do this time of year you mean is yeah. that kind yeah of-
0: just like time like you like are you looking for areas that heat up a little bit faster are you fishing north north end of the lake a little more or north north coves
2: Yeah. I mean, this time of year is so random, but like I, I going to the lake, let's say I was going tomorrow, I would probably spend a bunch of time fishing shallow um, just because I know there's a population of fish that are up shallow. Uh, I think they could be the better fish, better quality fish. I agree with you there. Um, I don't think you're going to get a ton of bites. So that's just me going fishing uh, or me and a buddy guiding. Guiding it's going to be a different animal depending on who you're, who you're guiding. I mean, um, I've got a trip on Monday. I've fished with this gentleman probably six or seven times. Uh, I know he can cast. So I think we're going to approach it the way I would just fishing with a buddy. We're, we're going to probably fish shallow a good part of the day. Um,
1: what's your shallow bait, like a square bill or a spinner bait? Like, what do you like to throw shallow?
2: Yeah, I think a crankbait. I think a crankbait uh-huh. this time of year when it's cold is just gonna be ideal. Maybe a little crawdad colored crankbait. Um like the KVD one point five, the uh, Berkeley flat side the French which side. size what size number is five that? is the best. The five. Yes. Yeah. I forget the sizes on those. That type of bait. Um and just literally cover as much water as possible. I remember when I was first starting fishing, like it was so much simpler then. Um, and you didn't you didn't know anything about deep fishing. You didn't know it. So you just go crank, right? It's cold out. We're going to go crank. And you might go hours and not catch them, but all of a sudden you hit a one hour window and you absolutely smash them and you forget about all those hours where you did not catch them. Yeah, <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. you need to, I mean, so if you have the right, if you have the right client or the right fishing partner, that works. Um, if I'm fishing with less experienced guys, I'm going to probably, uh, drop shot a bunch just, and there you just got to really vary it. I mean, I don't think I'd fish terribly deep, probably that 10 to 20 foot zone breaks, edges, points, rock. Um, I don't know, just your typical, you know, 10 to 20 foot type, stuff you know you're not you're not getting down into the channels really at that point you're just fishing uh shallow breaks and not shallow breaks i mean that's still deep but
1: relatively uh, speaking though
2: yeah and let's say you have one guy that's a little more experienced than the other i'm gonna put a jig in his hand so the drop shot's just a good beginner setup because the hookup ratios are so much greater Uh, a jig can get bit and not hooked up with a less less experienced angler so
0: right If you're willing to be patient with a jig this time of year, you can catch some absolute pigs, you know, wintertime jig fishing, especially as we roll into the next couple months and the fish start to set up a little bit, you can really catch some big fish on a jig, whether it's a football jig out deep or pitching and just a casting jig up to a, a warm Rocky bank, you know, no matter where you're fishing in the country, like it's a legitimate time chance to catch a, a eight, nine, 10 pounder, You know fishing that way and you're not going to get as near as many bites as doing some other things but it's worth being patient with if you're looking for a big fish this time of year for sure
2: yeah and talk about your jig and trailer a little bit josh that you would throw and i'll talk about mine
0: yeah i know they're
2: they're drastically different
0: yeah there's like if if i'm fishing deep i I really like a um like a three-quarter ounce skirted football jig three quarters are really a go-to size for me even if i'm not fishing that deep i just love the bottom contact you get the way um, it kind of stirs stuff up on the bottom when you're dragging it. I feel like it actually, you know, it, I think sometimes that can attract fish. You know, if, if you've got a real subtle bait that's barely creeping through the bottom, they may not notice it as much as if, if you've got that jig kind of plowing through the bottom, kicking up mud like a crawfish would. And then uh, like a chigger craw, four inch chigger craw for a trailer. They came out with max scent chigger craws this year and I, I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I can't wait for this winter to use that as a trailer because the fish, everything's just moving so slow and have an extra scent on your bait is helpful in that scenario. So, And it looks so good on the back of a jig. So that's how deep. And then up shallow, more like a casting jig, like a half ounce casting or flipping style jig, just pitching it to the bank um, with a chunk trailer, like a Berkeley meaty chunk, which is... An alternative to pork much easier than taking the pork on and off the hook never dries out but that it's got that max scent It f- it feels a lot like pork and it's got heavy scent so those are kind of my two and i use a similar rod like a 7-3 heavy action uh abu rod with the football jig it's 15 pound fluoro on that that jig on the bank where you're <clears throat> a little closer to the fish you might be in a little heavier cover it's like 17 pound fluoro how about yeah. you
2: I, I 100% agree with your shallow setup. Uh, the deeper setup, I just do it different. I just use a, just a open football jig, um, five eights actually, yeah, five eights to three quarters, somewhere in that range. Um, and then just a Yamamoto hula grub, just a skirted grub and excuse me, (coughs) excuse me. Um, it's just something I have a ton of confidence in something I've done forever. And, and it's pretty funny. You and I will fish next to each other and we seem to catch the same amount of fish yep. on it, Yeah. but it's just, you have confidence in your setup and I have confidence in mine. And, exactly. Uh, but 15 get, pound floral, seven foot heavy action rod, fast reel.
1: Do you get painted jig heads, Robert? Or do you like to keep them chrome metal?
2: <clears throat> I prefer them to be goodness. I'm all choked up. Yeah. He, <laughs> I get, he really steak. loves jig fishing. guys. Goodness. <laughs> no i prefer them to be not the shiny lead i, I want uh-huh. them to be that dull lead that's been laying in the tackle a, box. a, a nice while. patina right Correct. Like uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. they yes. know
0: nick <laughs> loves nick loves him a football jig too he's been nodding like crazy with a football jig if you had to pick the uh skirted or non-skirted nick what are you going with
1: oh it's good question well <clears throat> it just depends on who i'm fishing with i'm a people pleaser by nature there itself. you go if
0: i'm with josh nice. then it's
1: like you know i'm Berkeley through and through, and then once I get in there with Rob, I start waxing nostalgia. You know
0: why? Because you don't bring any of your own tackle, so you have to use whichever
1: whatever you got <laughs> exposed. And so I, I just I just level up with friends. His in my, is life. All my
0: tackle's so buried, I don't even know where it's at.
1: Correct. That was three moves ago. It was the last time I saw any of it. So we'll just leave it there. <laughs> now I love jigs, and when you're talking Rob about um, clients and someone who's experienced or not. You know, I remember the first time I finally caught a fish on a jig and and I was really an inexperienced fisherman surrounded by friendly, nice, experienced fishermen. So it felt like a moment where I needed a cookie baked for me and a little blue ribbon pinned on my chest because it was like, I did it. But once, once you get it figured out, you kind of learn how to feel the bottom and what a bite feels like. And then it happens. I think that's why I like throwing jigs so much is that it's like, it's just a game of patience, yeah. but you know that you'll get rewarded for it.
2: Yeah. Everybody knows how I like to throw spinnerbaits a lot. And a lot of that is just because of the, the bite you get on it. How, oh. how intense the bite is, it's but a jig nope. can be the same. Like, like you can have some of the most Epic like takes on it where they just <laughs> absolutely pound it and a
0: little slack in the line. And then it's yeah, just like, Oh,
2: that's special when that happens. Oh, yeah. You know?
0: Hey, so when uh, I first started fishing team tournaments, like a jig was the deal, right? And so many, especially before, there's still a lot of tournaments weren't on jigs, but like there were less baits 20 years ago, right? 15 years ago. So the jig was such a big thing, but we didn't know any better. We were 16, 18 years old. My buddy and I, Justin, that I was fishing tournaments with and, uh, We were taught to never tell the truth about what we caught them on, dude. Like, you know how fishermen were, right? (laughs) So every single tournament you'd get up there, if you did well, and they'd be like, you know, you'd get your check, and they'd be like, how do you catch them? And uh, one word every time we thought we were so cool, we would go, jigs. And and it was a legit answer because that's what everyone always said. But, dude, it was almost, you know, half the time it wasn't, we'd just be like, jigs. And they would be like, cool, you know? But uh, I'll, I'll uh, remember that forever. That's Meanwhile, hilarious. you were
1: catching them on eight-pound tests with a little robo worm.
0: Now, who knows what it was, yeah. but it was jigs every time, uh, according to us, until we learned to not be uh, little little jerks about it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, we were terrible. We would—that's just what we were told to do, right? They're like, never, never uh, tell the truth, right? So uh, we'd see someone on the on the lake. It'd be like two thirty. We'd have the live well going with fish kicking, and we're like, "Got nothing, bro." You know, just uh, yeah. I think Uh that's something you go through as an early tournament fisher. Pay your
1: dues, right?
2: What do you mean? I still do that.
1: (laughs) Dude, Rob big times everyone, right? Then he gets to the weigh-in tank and he's looking at people's bags and congratulating them that it's pretty good for them. You you gotta look out for Rob,
2: dude. It's so bad when Boyd was young he would hook a fish and if a boat's driving by he'd act like he didn't have one on
0: <laughs> in the tournament <laughs> yeah your 10 your year old son's program to do that yeah he's got he's got
1: his tip down slowly reeling and an eight pounders <laughs> yeah. jumping on the other
0: side of the boat
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, you know you can't trust those vander
0: i saw a meme the other day on instagram it was funny it made me laugh out loud it uh it's the top of it said what when you t- uh what you tell your wife to say <laughs> during the tournament or something like that after your day of fishing. And it's the Jason Aldean song that says, Tell them anything you want to, just don't tell them all the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, did. Good. Right uh, on. Well, it's true, I, though. Say, I say we ended on that note if you guys are, uh, if you don't have anything else.
1: I'm kind of tired of you guys. I'll see you next year. Kind of burned out on this whole thing.
0: Good one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, thank you. Thanks again to everybody for uh, listening for a hundred episodes. We're going to try to keep it going for uh, as many more as we can. And um, hopefully we see a lot of you on the eighth. Make sure to send those RSVPs in and uh, we should be able to record one before then. But um, this week we're going to really just make sure we get everything ready for that. And uh, we're looking forward to it big time. Thank you all very much and a happy new year. And hey, guys, one last thing. Josh here. Uh, I forgot to mention, if you're coming to the Anglers Happy Hour get-together, bring something to sit on. We don't know what we've got as far as chairs over there, so bring a chair for each person that you guys have coming. That'll make it a lot more comfortable around the campfire. Thanks, guys. We'll see you then.